I asked a few of my friends, like, hey, do you ever struggle with this? And the answers were astounding because I found out within a small group of my friends, some of them also actually tried. And I never knew, I've known these people for years and I didn't know this about them. I didn't know they were struggling. There'd be times where the same day we were together, we both didn't open up to each other and we didn't know. Hey there, my name is Sean and this is Suicide Noted. On this podcast, I talk with suicide attempt survivors so that we can hear their stories. Every year around the world, millions of people try to take their own lives. We almost never talk about it. We certainly don't talk about it enough. When we do talk about it, many of us, including me, are not very good at it. So one of my goals with this podcast is to have more conversations and hopefully better conversations with attempt survivors. A huge thanks to everyone, all the survivors who have joined me here on the podcast since we launched now more than two years ago in July of 2020, and of course to everybody who listens. Thanks. If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to talk, please reach out. Hello at SuicideNoted.com on Facebook or Twitter, at Suicide Noted, and you can also leave us a recorded message. Check out the show notes on how to do that. And you will also find in the show notes a couple of more links. They are to help us out with a financial contribution as we try to share these stories of survival with more people in more places to hopefully help them feel a little less shitty and a little less alone. And finally, there are links to upcoming events if that's something of interest to you. We'd love to see you at one of our events in the near future. Now, we are talking about suicide on this podcast. Take that into account before or as you listen. It may not be for everybody, but I do hope you listen because there is so much to learn. Today, I am talking with Francisco. Francisco lives in Malawi, and he is a suicide attempt survivor. Hey, Francisco, and you're in Malawi right now. Yeah, yeah, right now. Malawi is a country in sub-Saharan Africa, and I have not had a lot of people who reached out to me from sub-Saharan Africa, so I'm excited about this. Yeah, I was like, hey, I don't know if I'm the first African, but at least sub-Saharan is good for me. You might be. The, I think you're the first sub-Saharan, yeah. Other than South Africa. Uh, do you live in the capital of Malawi? No. Funny enough, I was living in the capital of Malawi until February when I moved back right here to Blantyre. So I was originally from, from Blantyre, so I moved to the capital, worked there for about three years, and then now I moved back here. I got a new job in Blantyre. What kind of work do you do? I'm a graphic designer. Now, this is a podcast. I want to give people a visual. Francisco is sitting there. He's got his headphones on. He's drinking out of a mug. He's got a sweatshirt on. He's in a room. Probably his bedroom, I'm guessing. Yes, this is this is my bedroom. Oh, he's got it in his bedroom. He's in town in Malawi, which, if you haven't figured out yet, is in uh, sub-Saharan Africa. If you don't know what that means, please Google sub-Saharan Africa. Okay. How in the world does Francisco in Malawi find this podcast by Sean in North Carolina, United States? Funny enough, that question is very interesting because I've never been one who sticks to podcasts like i can start listening to one mm. but i was never consistent with it because i'd either get bored or something like that but i have been listening to yours every single day or week ever since i started and it has been amazing one night i was struggling that night i was struggling the most funny enough so today is the one month anniversary of knowing suicide noted and you yeah. found it a month ago when you were having an especially difficult period of time no. 
yeah, it was an especially difficult night. And I remember it was a Sunday, the 26th of June. I was just struggling that day. And I think I was, I was crying and I was, you know, basically just fighting your thoughts in that moment because I was, I was ready to do it. You know, in that, that night, I was like, I was ready to do it. And, you know, basically just grasping at straws. And then I was like, you know what, let me, let me go online. Cause I usually use uh, YouTube when there's the, these TED talks, you know, listen to them and just lived experiences. Right. You know, it's, this is stuff that I've watched and listened to over and over this. I was like, this is not going to work. And so I went on Spotify, right? Spotify. And I just put in, uh, I think I, I, I typed in suicide survival or something like that. Mm. And, you know, obviously a couple of podcasts popped up. Sure. But it, 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 like the bigger question, I think you would be like, why this particular one? I don't know. It's just, I saw the title and then I read a little bit of like the description and I was like, hmm, this is very interesting. Let me, okay. let me give right. it a listen. And mm-hmm. I wish I had... Uh, like marked which which specific episode that I listened to because it changed mm. my life. You know, like it, there's power in lived experience and listening yeah. to other survivors. There's so much power in that because I was able to pull out, you know, because, you know, like for a moment there, now all you're doing is just listening to this person's story and your thoughts are sort of like quieted down. And now you're just focusing and you're listening. And the, mm. and the, the interesting part about almost each and every episode that I listen to is the similarities. You know, mm. there's so many similarities and, and, and you're like, I also go through that in mm. maybe not, not so, the, the pattern isn't the same, but it's literally the same thing, the same type of mind chatter and everything. And it's just, it's just crazy, but also uh, it's like calming sort of knowing that, oh, there's a com- not necessarily community, but there's people that also go through this and they found a way to survive. So maybe there's also a chance for me to, 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 to go on. Wow. I'm really glad you found it. And I I appreciate you sharing that. When you said, and I'm paraphrasing, I was ready to do it. Just to be clear, we're talking about ending your life. Yes. Did you have a specific way you wanted to do it? You know, I've researched and tried to find the easiest way to go. Mm -hmm. And it's not easy. I've researched this. I'm trying to look at a way that I won't feel pain, you know? But of also something that is accessible to me. Another thing that you should know is in Malawi, suicide is technically illegal. If you try and you don't die, you've now broken the law. Consequences of that, if they find out, which they may or may mm-hmm. not, is now you've got to deal with all of that. And in Malawi, do you have any idea if you get convicted, what is the penalty? You do get arrested, I think, for some years. I'm not sure the exact number of years. Prison? Yeah, prison, prison, yeah. If you try to end your life, and I'm going to do my very best throughout to not be judgmental towards a culture or a country or a government or a system, but I am naturally affected by my own upbringing and being a white dude from America. How can I not be a little bit? Just to be clear here, and you can push back. Most people who try to end their lives are just in a lot of pain. I have not met a person, and they might be out there, who has attempted to end their life and they said, I was not in any pain. I've never heard that. It's probably a thing. I've never heard it. Probably for most after a whole lot of back and forth, back and forth, not sure, figuring it out, trying, 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 and you get punished by going to prison. That's hard for me not to feel angry about to be, or at least affected by. Exactly. Exactly. So there was an incident, must be two, three weeks ago, where a man was uh, he climbed on top of uh, uh, the electricity pole tower 
and he was trying to jump off. People were trying to talk him out of it. And then the police later came in and tried to talk him out of it, you know, to come down. So the news was covering it, like pictures and whatnot on social media. And so in the comments, most of the comments were even people saying, just let him go, because if he comes down, all you're going to do is arrest him. Like, and he knows that. So the chances of him actually coming down are like slimming with every second that like the police get involved and more people and stuff, you know? I want to know what happened. Um, I think he came down actually, like, because they said, I think the fire department was, was involved as well because yeah, it was a high place. And so they had to come in. He didn't jump. Somebody got him down. No, he didn't jump. Yeah. And now he's probably in jail. So I think now the laws, because I, I was looking into it as well, the laws are trying, like they're trying to change the laws a little bit because mental health issues are now being mm. like uh, paid attention to now, mm-hmm. like especially mm-hmm. this year, because we've also had since 2020, you know, COVID hit us all like really hard. The like mental health issues rose and suicide rates like rose like crazy. So I'm still thinking about a month ago since that night. When you came pretty close and you stumbled upon this podcast yeah. and that and other things presumably helped you get through the night and you're obviously still here. Yeah. How many times have you thought about taking your life since one month ago? Every day. Every day. Every moment of every day? Yeah. I have struggled with it ever since I was eight years old. And, you know, back then also not really understanding what it is, but just basically struggling with it. I told my mom. And back then as well, we were struggling. Like my dad uh, passed away when I was like three years old. Mm-hmm. And so I grew up with uh, with my mom. And so we were really struggling. I was, you know, I, I was being like a little kid, but I'm doing like some some simple math. And I was like, I'm, I'm looking at my mom struggling to maybe raise up my brother's school fees or even just put food on the table. Right. And so here I am talking to my mom and I'm like, hey, you know, if I died, you know, you could probably like, you know, take minus one everything sort of balances out and everything like told her about it. And obviously she, she talked me out of it. And, you know, all these years since then, she, she didn't know that I was still struggling with it. She had no idea. And so I've just been, you know, how there's a stigma around it and everything. Yeah. Like, like you don't talk about it, especially with the whole conviction part as well. You know, like you don't need to talk about it. So all this time I have struggled about it, basically ideating, just ideating, just ideating, but I had never really attempted. It sort of, so this year is, it has been the most intense because it moved from something that maybe I get like a very serious episode, maybe once every two months to once every month to once every week to once every day to once every hour. You know, you wake up every day and it's like, how do I not die today? You know, <laughs> that's the best way I can put it. It's like, how, how do I not die today? I mean, this is a weird thing I'm going to say, but that's yeah. a really good way to put it. Yeah. Like, how do I not die, whatever it might be, today or today. this hour or whatever it is for anybody? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the questions I'm going to ask you is how you didn't die. Because I, wa- yeah. I, wanna, I always want to understand, particularly given what you shared, you don't talk much about it. People don't talk much about it. You don't have some of the resources that other people have. In North America, not always. There are communities here that don't have much, but you don't have much. Yeah, so you're just kind of mostly toughing it out on your own. How, in that time, from eight years old on, how do you cope? So the funny thing is, since this year has been the most intense one for me, so I don't drink, nor do drugs. I drink occasionally if there is 
a specific event or something for celebrating something i will i will drink but i don't drink as a coping mechanism mm-hmm. you know? but at a certain point in time i did smoke uh, marijuana at some point as a coping mechanism i think it must have been like 16 or 18 at that point is marijuana illegal in malawi yeah yeah it is do you have any risk of someone hearing this and being in trouble even though it's in the past no no no, no. okay so people casually smoke it here like it's not illegal <laughs> Before that, I was basically just toughing it out, basically just distracting my mind. You know, as a kid, I think it's slightly easier to distract your mind. But, you know, one of those, like, when you go back home, sit down, in the middle of the night, you're alone, you're there, you're thinking about it. It, it, it comes there. Those years were still slightly better than the adult years, which are now, like, you're conscious of everything. Yeah, well, when you're young, you just had fewer years of suffering. It, it mm-hmm. starts to add up, and all of a sudden, you've been struggling for 10 years, 15 years. How old are you now? I am 25, turning 26 in October. Right. So it's been 16, 17 plus years. Yep. And you're saying, you said it was progressively more intense. It went from once in a while to more than once a day. Yeah. You know, this is sometimes where it's like, where you're talking to your mind, you're like, can I just have one hour or 30 minutes where I'm just not having this battle here? must be 2020, I started seeing a therapist. With my first therapist, I never opened up to them about my suicidal ideation. I think I was uh, going through some work stress issues, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, so they're only dealing with that. So, but I was still hiding because again, like there's so much stigma around it. I was still, you know, hiding it. You know, this is something that I, that I go through and this is a person that can help me. But here I am still hiding it like, hey, this is my problem. I will deal with it by myself. So the same thing, how my family didn't know anything about it until this year. So I told them this year, actually, when I moved back. Yeah. So all these years, they didn't know. You grew up. Did you go to college? Yes, I, I did my diploma in uh, graphic design. So all that time, nobody really knows. Nobody really knows. When you say nobody knows, do you mean nobody knows you've thought about ending your life or any sort of pain or problem? Probably like my, some very close friends would know that, oh, maybe I struggle with depression or anxiety, but still they would think it's, it's a minimal. Like if, if it was a, on a scale of one to 10, I'd say they know a four mm-hmm. and there's still a six there that they don't know. Did you move back to live near or with your family? Uh, so I moved back to live near my family, but then um, I ended up living with my brother, which I think has been a big help, actually. Mom, brother, you said you opened up to some of them. Yeah. So I opened up to my mom first, mm. and then my brother, and then uh, maybe should be now maybe four or five of my friends, you know, just those people that I know that can actually understand, but also I can call when I'm like, in the middle of something, you know, because yeah. um, people still take it here as, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy, right? But it's like, if I call you and say, hey, yeah, I'm going through this really depressive episode and stuff like that, you know, they're, they're just going to say, oh, don't be sad. You right. know, stuff like that. It's like, no, it's not something I can just be like, oh, okay. I'm yeah. not sad anymore. Thank you for telling me. I did not know that, you know? But it's like, <laughs> <laughs> You're like, you have no idea how much, how many conversations, both like actual and internal I have around this stuff. I hadn't thought about it. Thanks for letting me know. Oh, just, oh, yeah. just don't be sad. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Great. Good night. Bye-bye. What? You're like, let, let, let me write that down. Let me, yeah. you know, let me, let me keep it. But isn't it? I'm probably uber ultra sensitive, but is, and I know, and this isn't a knock on your family or friends at all, but 
Isn't yeah. it a little insulting or at least condescending a little bit? It is. Because even for me, you know, like when I, I think 2020 is when I realized sort of like getting into grasps, like how, like actually putting one of those, like putting a, putting a face to a name type of thing, right? For my, for my condition, I, I realized I, with, with my employer, I was having imposter syndrome, you know? So that's when I started looking it up. And then I think I, I wasn't actually looking up. I was on YouTube as usual, TED Talks. Then I stumbled upon someone who was talking about imposter syndrome. Sure. And that's when I was like, wait, that's something that I actually go through, mm. you know, and sort of like went into this rabbit hole and just deep dive and then actually being like, oh, this is this. This is the term for this and everything. And just having like your eyes opened and just like, I'm not alone type of feeling as well. Yeah. Did you and your therapist who I assume, because you had, the way you had framed it, you eventually started sharing more with, with your therapist. When I moved back here, she, mm. uh, my therapist is in uh, still in Longway, in the capital city. So she's actually uh, she was an older lady. She was a nun, actually. She was a nun. I think from Canada. If I'm not wrong. Yeah. Mm. Was it a white woman? I had a white woman. You yeah. had a white woman <laughs> nun as your fucking therapist? God damn, man. I know. But but here's the kicker. Her, she being older, like old, not she wasn't older, she was pretty old. So she would sometimes forget where we're at. Oh, shit. <laughs> so I kind of have to backtrack, you know, which wasn't too bad, but but it's, it, it makes it easy for me to omit certain details that I had said previously. You know, those it's like <laughs> I can now edit my story. When someone tells me that their therapist or their counselor is also practicing whatever, yeah, Christian, Catholic, Muslim, for some reason, I'm like, oh. Because I don't know if this is true, but for me, it feels like sometimes those can be kind of not the word, I don't know if the word's dangerous things to overlap because at the end of the day, aren't they always going to go to God? Yes, that is a very good point. Right. That is very good. But luckily, she didn't. Even Mm. being a nun, she didn't, which was strange even for me, right? She (laughs) might be a great therapist, but she's not a very good nun. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Because so now where the, the where that crossover comes for me is my family and basically my mom. So I'm, I was born Catholic. I transitioned to sort of like finding for myself what I want when it comes to church and whatnot. So I'm still sort of like in the middle of that, but my family doesn't like that at all. You know, right. Catholics are very, you know, traditional. <laughs> you find that when I'm having conversations with her about this, when the way she will express it is more or less like, it's kind of like a demon. And I'm like, no, when you, when you pull the demon card, you pull the prayer card. And when you pull the prayer card, it takes away from the fact that this is a very real situation for me that I go through that I fight with, you know? So it's almost like if you pull the demon card and I pull the play, the the pray card, it's like, yeah. So now the demon is like, okay, I'm not going to bother, but it's like, no, I have been going through episodes and i have been praying and it has not worked you know you know it's it's still a very real almost physical fight it becomes this weird circular thing because even if you say well i've been praying someone could say well pray harder pray more believe more have more Mm -hmm. faith did this therapist nun have a diagnosis that you agree with um, she never really gave me like a specific one. I think we just sort of dove into it. So she never really said, oh, you have this, you know? So she sort of just dived into like trying to help me. But then when I moved here to Blantyre, 
I started seeing another therapist, Malawian, a lady as well. She more or less gave me a diagnosis, which is severe depression and anxiety. So do you agree? I do. I do agree. Half the time here, you have to have the smile on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because even if somebody asks, like, you look down today, I can't even begin to explain because, first of all, you wouldn't understand. Right. Like, you really wouldn't understand. Did your therapist who diagnosed you, what did she suggest in terms of specific treatment or coping? Was that meds? Was that go for a walk every day? Was that mm. pray? What was it? Here, we're not actually big on medication. If let's say I, I think, which is more recent that I've been thinking about, if I open up about my suicidal ideation and depression, and even now I'm thinking maybe people with ADHD or severe ADHD or something like that, what now I'm thinking back into like how I was raised and what I've been seeing. So there's be some people with, I generally like, let's say people with mental health problems, right? What would happen is they'd be taken to mental institutions. These places are not like the ones in the U.S. It's not like some nice place where you sit around, you talk about your feelings and stuff. This is heavy medication, probably sedation and whatnot. And I guess you have a one-on-one with a psychiatrist or something and whatnot. So it's not necessarily an ideal place to, to you know, you can't call them and be like, oh, I'm feeling this way. And they hold you for a night and you and they see how you're doing. So medication is is off the table. There, there, there is not much there. Yeah. And prayer, she's not uh, religious, or at least she hasn't brought up the religious side to me. So she's more of a, a psychotherapy. So where she, she sort of like directed me towards, yes, taking those walks and sort of like trying to find myself, trying to, to learn to love myself and, mm-hmm. you know, discover myself and, and sort of like rediscover the world again, learn to love the world again in a way, you don't see the world in a new light and and something like that, but that has to start with me. I have to, you know, within like the work within, it's been most of that. And you know, these things also need consistency. And sometimes it doesn't always go that way. But with the work that I have here now, I have less time to myself. And that is really sad for me because I love going on walks. You know, I love going on hikes. So yeah, that's the route that she, that she went in. And it has been, it has been helping in a way. Yeah. But of course, she doesn't know that I attempted. Why not? We haven't had a session in a while. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to tell her. <laughs> Your work now was as a graphic designer? Yes. I do go to the office every day. Nobody there knows that you tried to end your life? I have, I have one friend I told and even for them to know that I struggle with suicidal ideation, I'm always in these headsets. I always have a hoodie on. And I always, I'm always like either on YouTube or on Spotify listening to something. And then she asked me like, what are you listening to? What are you always listening to, right? And then I just showed her like, oh, this is what I'm listening to. And then she saw that. And it was, it was one about suicide. And it must, it must have been about the Golden Gate Bridge guy actually. So she was like, uh, is that a topic that interests you? You know, in that moment, I was just like, mm. I was like, okay, I'm just going to be honest. I was like, it's something that I, I struggle with. And then she was like, oh, interesting. And then we had a conversation about it only to find out that her husband also struggles with the same thing, which was crazy. Like the coincidence. Not that crazy. Nobody talks yeah. about it. Right? That's another thing. Yeah, that, I think that you have a point. So uh, after my attempt, so it was a Sunday, right? And next day I went to work and she noticed like something was, was, was a bit off. And then 
during like my, my tea break, she was like, hey, what's up? Um, can we talk? And then, yeah, we, and you know, it's always hard. Like, how am I going to say this? You know, because also she checks up on me. She's a very sweet person. You know, she checks up on me and whatnot. And the person that you, you, you're, you're checking up and what you want them to get better, you know, you want them to be better. And so it's kind of heartbreaking to tell them that I am not doing as great as you think, you know, but that's okay as well. So yeah, I told her and she was, she didn't freak out or nothing. She, she totally understood. And her husband deals with some of the stuff. Um, so he used to, yeah, he, he, he attempted a couple of times, apparently. Before I ask you about the attempt, one other question you had said, working with your therapists, sort of psychotherapy. Yeah. You mentioned that you'd first started feeling something at eight years old. Do you think there's a biological component to it that's completely outside of how you were raised and environment? Just You just got unlucky. Some might yes. see that as unlucky. I have been racking my brain with the same question for months now, yeah. trying to figure out if there is a genetic like link because sometimes from the stories that i've also like listened to and watched on youtube or something you find that maybe an uncle in the same family or a grandpa or someone actually attempted it's not always but it's sort of there's some of them that have those traces and and it makes you wonder because like sometimes you don't know how far back if like history of your family you don't know it that well and again because it's so well hidden nobody knows like they wouldn't tell you that oh one of your great grandparents. It also makes me think the power of technology. It wasn't that long ago that you're not watching YouTube videos. You're not finding anything in a podcast. They don't Mm. exist. Mm. And you find that because I guess of the stigma that has been there from a long time ago, it wasn't even in the books because back then it was books, right? But it still wasn't in the books. Like (laughs) I'm always astounded by technology like that. So when we started talking, you had said a month ago, it got really bad. And then since then, and maybe before then too, you're thinking about it a lot. Mm. How long ago was that yeah. Sunday that you tried? A month ago today. That Sunday, yeah. did you try to end your life after or before you found this podcast? Before. This was before. I was alone that night. I was alone. My brother was was away. But that mm. night we had we had a blackout. You know, it's Africa. We have blackouts every, like, sure. every other week, every other day or something. My phone had died. My laptop had died. My power bank had ran out of power. And I was just there. And then with the blackout, I have books. I can't read a book because there's no lights. I, I have no, no light source. I was just there and just wallowing in it, just ruminating, basically. You know, like it got, because it's like a mind chatter, right? It's almost like the whistling kettle, whistling. And half the time, because you have other things to keep that noise away, you know, but now it's like the kettle full blast that's all you hear and it's just there and it got to a point where i was like you know what i have struggled with this for such a long time i am tired like i am genuinely tired of of like waking up and just you know one of those like when you wake up you're like oh why am i up when i sleep it's kind of better because i i i I don't think about that and so it's like i was crying and i I was crying and you know the funny thing i realized is in those moments when you're struggling you are struggling because something in you wants to live that's the that's the struggle that's why there is a struggle that's why it sort of hurts in that moment because it's like Mm. every other bone is saying do it but there is something there that's saying don't and so my tears were because i'm like i just want the pain to stop you know i just want this pain to stop 
And so I'm there, I'm just crying. And then I'm like, I was, I was basically like, you know what? I've been a coward all my life. Maybe today, let me just man up and do it. It's like, you know, I'm tired of just basically struggling with this every day. Uh, I looked around my room. Not many things that you can, you can actually use, I mean, you know? Right. Yeah. And I think I, I failed to, to continue before as well. Like I'm not the cutting type as well. Like I'd never, because I'm looking at the most painless way to go. Right. And I'm like cutting, it's, it's going to hurt when I cut myself. And I also don't want to leave a mess. Because <laughs> you wait, are uh, you thinking at all like, well, my brother's going to find me? These are things that I think about every, every, ever so often, you know, because I'm like, I can't do it while he's here. Right. But I also don't want him to find me. Right. You know, it's crazy. It's like a very, very crazy rift. I, I really don't want him to find me, but he'll have to. But I've also looked at so many stories to the point where I look, I, I look at people who've lost loved ones to suicide and like it never goes away for them. But that to me tells me that's how much pain that person was in. Exactly. They knew it would be that painful and they love these people and they, and they still did it. People. Exactly. So I looked around my room and when I was moving, I packed like a little rope. It was like a rope for me. You know, like obviously when you think about suicide, this rope, the first probably vision that comes to your head is rope because that's the what's what we've seen all this time. For the life of me, I never learned how to tie a knot. Like, you know, the, <laughs> the hangman's noose, the hangman's noose. I never, I never learned, never learned how to tie that, which is good, I think. Yeah. So I, I use the door. There's a way where you sort of like pin it against the door. You have like a, yeah. The door that I can see right now behind you? Yeah, yeah. That. Somehow made the rope. I can't, doesn't matter the details, but you yeah. tried to hang yourself on that door that I'm seeing behind you. Right there. What happened? Yeah. So I, I, I found a way to like put it around me and keep it there. It was like tightening, you know, it's tightening. And, and, and the one thing I realized as well is I think, I mean, it's crazy, but I realized that the, the struggling is because of the snap right here. But what happened with me was it was cutting off, I think, my blood flow. So I was sort of passing out slowly. And I don't know how, but it got loose. And I sort of like slumped out, like slumped down. While I was down there, you know, I'm like slowly like fading back into it, slowly fading back into it. And then I'm still crying, right? Because even all the while when I was doing that, it's not like I stopped crying. I was still crying. Because again, the fight is still there. Like that's when I got up, I got up from there. And it, it took a while, obviously, for me to like come back to it. I got up from there, sat down. So the lights had come back at this point now. And so now like I, I plugged in my phone. That's when I, I searched for uh, the word suicide on Spotify. We're talking a minute? Yeah. Because I knew if something didn't happen, I was going to go back. This was probably around 10, 11-ish. Brother wasn't home? No, no, no. He, he wasn't home. Yeah. So I knew that the night is still long. I don't know what time he's coming back. And crazy enough, he came back like way in the AMs. So the night was definitely going to be long if I didn't. So I knew that something was going to happen. Francisco, am I the first voice you heard after attempting to take your life? Yes, you were. Your song. I love that song because it fits so well, man. The suicide Noted and its accompanying music is spreading all over the globe. <laughs> when you heard that and you listened, at some point you made a decision to actually reach out to me now this yeah, this yeah. a week two weeks even three weeks whatever it was went by yeah you heard some podcasts in that time you've told at least one person your co-worker yeah your brother ever find out no so if i give him a link to this this is how he will find out well one of the questions i will ask you is 
who knows about the attempt and who knows that you're talking to me? I'm wondering, a lot of people hear it. A lot of people have attempted. Most don't reach out. So what do you think was behind that of saying, no, I'm going to actually call this guy or message this guy and see if I can uh, chat with him? So one of the things is how it has helped me. Like I wake up every day and I, I, I go there. I'm like, okay, which one haven't I listened to? And I play that. And there's so many of them there. I'm like, you know, <laughs> so depending on how much time I have. So usually now what I do is on my way to work, mm. I put on my headsets. I'm listening to it. I'm listening to, it, to, to someone's story. And it's just helped me like, because, you know, like this fight is a, is a daily fight, right? It's an mm. hourly fight. So for that early, early morning, I need something that just you know grounds me back and so i was like you know what if their story helped me and i'm all the way here in africa how would my story help someone else and you know what Shh, don't say anything because we're not supposed to talk about this especially in <laughs> subset there's people maybe in malawi i'm sure yeah. in parts of africa they put the word suicide into spotify they might hear this yeah, too right. and they're gonna hear you and when it's you and I'm, this might sound a little weird, but hearing a dude from Malawi is probably a little different for them than hearing a woman in Colorado. You've got more in common. And there's a whole bunch of people suffering over there. And nobody, very few people are talking. I know it's changing, but it's slow. Yeah. So you're in a sense like a pioneer, man. You've got more to lose than I do. <laughs> I, I'm a safe white guy who comes from somewhat of a privileged background. I'm going to be fine. You've got a bit of a risk you're taking. So I really appreciate that. I presume you're going to be okay, but you were talking, I mean, it's criminalized there. The other question I was wondering about, a lot of people here do think about this. Look, if I try to take my life and I don't succeed, that's the best word I can think of in the moment. Yeah. Probably going to have to go to a hospital and and they're probably, they're better here than there, but a lot of them aren't so great. Okay. They end up getting a big bill and they don't help very much. Sometimes they help. You might face jail. Exactly. It makes me think that's to sort of measure your pain, knowing I could be wrong here, but you care about your brother and your mom. It sounds like you do. Yeah. You might go to jail if they find out. Now, granted, it's pretty unlikely they're going to find out, but who the fuck knows? Yeah. yeah. Still try. It just tells me the dude's in pain. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Totally. That's a consistent thing across like your episodes, even the, the pain. It's like, I just wanted the pain to stop. Because you had said that one of the the real struggle and one of the sources of your your tears was wanting to live. Mm. Because I do think whether you believe in God or some sort of universal spirit or whatever else, we are designed to live, even though we are all dying at some point. At some point. There's a lot of forces. makes it really hard to end your life. Yeah. So naturally, I'm going on a little bit of a rant here. Go on, go on. Everything is pushing back against you, even if you're down and even if you're out and you're in pain for years. For a lot of people, I think there's still a lot of push of like that, like you're saying, this that conflict, Mm. wanting to die, wanting to live, wanting to live, but wanting the pain to go away, not wanting to wake up, but knowing that your family is going to probably be waking up and you won't. All of that, man, it's got to, I mean, it's just. So when someone says, hey, yeah, just uh, don't be sad. Yeah. Come on. You had said at some point you told your mom and your brother and a few friends. You got really real with them. This is before the suicide, I believe. This is before. How were they? How did they respond to that? With 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 my friends, 
I think this generation, we could call it Gen Z or millennial or whichever. So we, because I think we've been exposed to, to things like knowing that, oh, de depression is real, you know, mental health problems are real. So there's a little bit of an understanding. So the mm -hmm. stigma is being broken. We're breaking the stigma by actually, because they've also gone through some form of it. You know, and so I asked a few of my friends, like this is how I also like, you know, I asked a few of my friends, like, hey, like, do you ever struggle with this or something like that? And the answers were astounding because I found out within like a small group of my friends, some of them also actually tried. And I never knew, I've known these people for years and I didn't know this about them. I didn't know they were struggling. There'd be times where the same day we were together, you know, one of those like this period of time, we were in the same city, we were meeting up often literally like we both didn't open up to each other and we didn't know you know and then the other group would be like oh yeah I might have thought about that when I was a teenager and I was like so that was it for you like when you were a teenager and that was it and for me it's like it's been you know constant so they the, yeah they've been again the, the you, you can't tell everyone so you do have right. to to look at who you tell so you who you trust and knowing that they will understand and and stuff on the family side, it's kind of crazy because it's it's easy for them to rush to guilt you into living. I don't know if that mm. makes sense. You know? What do you mean, guilt you into living? First of all, obviously, it's going to be, is a sin? And then, obviously, my mom was like, you know, I love you very much and, and stuff like that. But you killing yourself would be the fastest way to kill me. So it's kind of heavy as well. It's like, ah, oh, man, I, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to process that in a way you kind of want to say it's not about you, but, you know, but it's also like, it just makes things more complicated probably. And I'm not a parent. So maybe I would say that. I don't know. I don't yeah, have kids. Yeah. I don't know how I would respond. That's got to be very heavy for her. Yeah, exactly. Because her generation, the stigma is what they grew up with. Mm -hmm. Us, it's better because we're exposed and we're open to, learning about this and knowing and accepting their generation is very very rigid like with the way things have are and it's you know it stays that way so i kind of understand where it was coming from but how they responded to that conversation i am sure informed who you who you chose to share about your attempt yeah i'm gonna guess you didn't tell your mother no i did not <laughs> why would you you just told you just shared with us how your mom responded Exactly. When you told her how, what you're thinking about at, at whatever that was sometime before. Yeah. Who would then tell them? I, of course not. I'm not saying what you should do. Yeah. Wondering. Yeah. I just make sense why you wouldn't. Yeah. How many people in the world know other than me and the, your friend at work that uh, you attempted to take your life one month ago? So I think you might be the fourth one. Anybody freak out? No. So I think because they know, I've, I've explained a bit of what it's like. So they've been really supportive as well, because most of them have uh, been saying comments like, you know, I'm glad you're still here, which sounds very like, you know, small, just a word, but it's, it's really, it's really heavy in a good way. It's really, it's, it's like, a, like, wow. Yeah. Glad you're still here, man. Like, keep on, keep on, keep on fighting. Because, you know, people are like, I know they probably want to say a lot of things, but they also recognize that you've gone through this so many times in your head, like what they would say, you know? So, so yeah, they're really some, some cool people, very considerate people as well. Yeah. Are those two friends that you're referencing uh, women or men or? So again, the crazy part here, I think is men here have a more, be a man. It, one of them is a guy. 
mm-hmm, women mm-hmm. because women have i think have a more let me hear you out kind of thing you know like let me hear you out when you explain women are like don't 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 go through that like that's you should not be going through that just you know stay strong and just power through it you had shared with your friends something they asked and you shared with them and then some of them you found out have gone through something similar I will say this to the audience. I don't usually get on my like high horse so often. Well, probably I do, but ask somebody something like that, or even something that's not quite perhaps as intense and shut up and see what happens. Ask the question and do not talk Mm -hmm. and see what happens. Because I promise you, as long as you can handle what they have to say, you will be surprised. I know I sound like a condescending son of a bitch right now. You will be surprised. People want to talk about it but they don't have the opportunity to talk about it. So ask your question and then shut up. See what happens. Mm. But I think one thing that people don't understand with the, with the stigma around it is, and I think this, that's how I was like, I think I was going to explain this later, but it falls, I think, into the myth category. People think if they ask or they try to talk about it, it will trigger an episode or something like that. But more, like more often than not, no, because when you ask something like that, all that other person needs from you is just to listen. And one of the most, I guess, fulfilling exchanges that I've had with people or, or with people that I've shared, the friends that I've shared, is when they're just listening. Mm. They're not saying, they're not saying, like they're not trying to, 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 to tell you to, to live. They're not trying to say all these things, but they're really just listening. One of the things I've figured out is if you could tell people all you have to do is say nothing, People could probably do that. Here's the problem. Mm. You, unless I'm talking to you, for example, and you have this whole thing laid out and you're venting, got a whole monologue about it. All I have to do is listen and say nothing. Sure. Yeah. Most of the time, here's the trick. I think it, the tricky thing for people is in a conversation, the other person, the listener still has to say stuff yeah. to keep the conversation moving forward. And that's mm. the problem yeah. because they don't know what to say there. And that's when they start. And some of them are just jackasses, period. But all right, well, there's a natural break here. And I got to say something. So and then they start saying the stuff. And there are other things, simple things that one could say. that sort of just keeps the conversation moving forward without doing all the things that very few people, if anybody, appreciates. Yeah, that's, that's totally right. If you're starting from a place of curiosity, that goes a long way. Mm, that's true that's true now do i understand why somebody would that wouldn't be the first thing your mom sure she's freaking the fuck out she doesn't want her son to die i mean i get (laughs) why that would get in the way i'm not yeah naive to that yeah like people that need to hear that aren't listening to this podcast probably Mm. and aren't open to hearing it so i don't know how to bridge that gap because they're like yeah yeah whatever dude fuck yourself okay bye-bye i loved um one of the podcasts you had I think, I'm not sure how recent it is, but I was listening to it today. As you had talked about how there's not many platforms, there's so many podcasts for so many things, so many but things. not many for this. There's not not many, Francisco. Mm. As far as I know, there's one. <laughs> exactly. There's other formats, so I'm not suggesting formats, yeah. I'm yeah. the only person talking yeah. about suicide, but I'm the only person as far as I know, and I'm very proud of this, where yeah. all I do is talk to attempt survivors. That's the whole show. Nothing else to it. Yep. There's nothing. Why is that? Do you think? I I don't know. It's it's crazy how 
if you actually had an honest survey and people were honest, you'd mm-hmm. find that a big population actually goes through this, right? But they're all, the hiding is still there. Like mm-hmm. it's the 21st century, but it's still there. When you say you have episodes. So basically ideating 24 hours a day, right? Or at least the time that I'm awake. So these episodes are more intense where it's it's more or less like an attack. Like my brain is basically attacking me and just going intensely focusing on that specific part where it's like, you know what? Let's just be done with it. You know, let's just be done with it. So these are more where, yeah, basically reduced to tears and I'm just shaking, mm. and just crying, you know? Those moments where I am fighting, fighting for form for my life with every every second. You know, and I pick up my phone, like, should I, should I call someone? But you're also fighting it at the same time. It's like, no, let me, let me fight it. I've, I've always fought it. Let me, let me continue doing it. Even the people that know that I go through this, but it's still hard sometimes to, to, to reach out to them. Crazy enough. I thought I wasn't going to admit this, but hey, man, what the hell? So we, we, we planned for this meeting last week, right? I wasn't sure if I'd make it to this podcast. So I was having another episode then as well. So last week when you reached out, you were in an episode, which is an especially difficult rumination slash whatever else is going on when you, and I'm not, I'm not diagnosing it at all. Cause I don't know much when you say like yeah, yeah. you're attacking yourself, you hearing voices, not necessarily voices, but just, you know, thoughts. Uh, so you, so you're basically mind, like mind chatter, right? Yeah. I think at this point, the mind chatter is more precise. So I, I guess I'd imagine like, uh, you know, like words on a page, like a novel, so many tiny words, so many of them. But then at this particular point in time, there like there's some specific words in bold. You know what I mean? Like bigger and bolder, you know? And it's like, yep, here you are, here you are. And now it's like, so at that point, music, like the things that usually help and stuff like that, they just sort of help for a bit. And sometimes it's it's um I've been I, I've been reading um this book by is it Eckhart? Eckhart Tolle, The Power sure. of Now. So it's one of those where it's like you bring your mind consciousness right so doing stuff like breathing stuff that you do involuntarily it helps you like bring you back to the now you know so stuff like that sort of helps but the one thing that i i, I love this is like a favorite thing in my like um the song that i've been playing on repeat has been breaking the habit by linking part for me it sort of brings me back to consciousness because it's like i really want to break this habit you know like if i am going to live i don't want to live like this because this is this is tiring. It's heavy. If I'm if I'm going to live, I don't want to I don't want to live like this. One of the lyrics that I just that I just love I wanted to share was you all assume that I'm safe in my room, you know? Because when you know when someone's just there, it's like, yeah, no, but it's like, no, behind this closed door, there's like a whole bunch of stuff going on. I'm looking at a door where you tried to end your life <laughs> right now in your exactly. bedroom. Exactly. And I just open it and close it every day as if nothing yeah. happened. You had mentioned something earlier about you had referenced a myth, and you know that's a question I often ask. But yeah. were there other ones that have not come up that you want to address? Myths around any of this stuff? I wouldn't say there's ones. No, like you, you pretty much probably covered it. I think <laughs> so I had to, I had to, I had to write them down because I was like, hey, maybe I do have a right. specific one that I. Oh, I got one. Yes. So one, obviously the 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 golden star one or the number one rule. It's not it's not selfish, you know. If you had to change the name, the name of your podcast, it would have to be. It's not selfish. But you know what I've thought about? I wonder if I had a podcast where I was just talking to suicide loss survivors. Ooh, that that's a different answer. Yeah, 
Yeah. Oh, I've, I've 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 watched some YouTube videos and people have expressed it that way. Oh. Yes. Like parents oh. literally expressing oh. it like he was selfish to do that, mm. and I've just been there like, damn. But I get yeah. the hurt as well, you know, like. But I'm yeah. talking to suicide attempt survivors. Naturally, they're not going to think it's selfish, and I happen to agree. Yeah. And the other one is, I think people often label it as a phase. It's like it's not a phase. It's not a season. I guess it is for some, but for some of us, it's mm-hmm. real. It's an everyday real thing, which is another one, a big one where people usually, when they're trying to, to, to talk you out of it or something, they say, this is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. That's what they say, right? It's not a permanent solution to a temporary problem. These are rarely temporary problems. It's like yeah. for some of us, these are not, we know because we've struggled with it. Yeah. So we know. This is not a temporary problem. At what point is it not so temporary? A year, 10 years, 20 mm, years? True. It's not, it's not temporary. It feels about as permanent as anything else in somebody's life. So Francisco, I am having a hard time not viscerally disliking people who say shit like that. I, w- yeah. I wish I were nicer and be like, no, it's cool. You have your opinions. You have your reasons. But mm. I just am like, I can't talk to you. I can. I guess if it was for the podcast and it came up, I'd fake it. It just pisses me off. <laughs> Yeah. I like the way you said that the way the letters, some letters were bold. Yeah. I was like, oh, the graphic designer's coming out here in his way of. (laughs) All right. So you're 25. You're almost 26. Yeah. You attempted suicide one month ago. Yeah. You know the next question, right? I do know the next question. (laughs) But when's your birthday? The 9th of October. Let's go with that one, because this has been an especially difficult month, it sounds like almost three months away. Your episode probably won't be out before then. You're going to be able to hear this episode? I was thinking about that this entire Mm. time. But the one thing that came to mind was, even if I don't, I'm still glad that my story is out there and it might help someone. Even if I don't, even if I'm not there. Did you answer my question? I don't think so. No, no, no. You did a good job of deflecting. I love it. (laughs) Years of practice. So to sort of like put it into perspective, on that specific day, a month ago, one of the things, and also episode that I had last week, Mm -hmm. one of the things that was bolder than the rest would be that heavy feeling of like, I'm going to do it, I think, at some point. And if I'm going to do it at some point, why not now? I feel like I'm going to go out my way, either way. I thought an interesting choice of words when you said, I'm going to man up and do it. I was like, that's an interesting, because you could make the argument, someone can make the argument that manning up would be a different choice. Yeah. You you said, you get up in the morning, you're like, fuck, why am I still here? Mm. I think you said that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, the fact that you get on with your day, whatever that looks like, that's also a form of manning up, you could say, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I'm pretty sure, despite your big smile, this shit ain't easy. No, because we have established people don't try to end their lives who aren't in a lot of fucking pain. Yeah. Now, last week after my recent episode, I texted my therapist. I was just I didn't tell her that I attempted, but I was just basically just telling her, oh, I haven't been doing as great, you know, because we've been like silent for a while. And I guess she would assume that I'm doing great. Right. So I was like, hey, um, I've been silent, but keeping a ruse like I've been OK, but I actually haven't. So I've just been like, you know, going down this hill a little bit and tell her that 
there was no hill I jumped, <laughs> you know, but I was just like, I've been going down a hill and stuff. And one of the things she said was exactly what you said, which was like, just still being here for the fight is very brave. You know, so that's, that's a strong character right there. That's the, that's the manning up that we're talking about, you know? So it's, you just reminded me of that when you, when you said that. Has your therapist ever asked you if you've tried to take your life? This was before I had actually tried. Yes. Has she ever asked you that question? Yeah. Yes, she did. She still doesn't and know. She still doesn't know because at that point, when she had asked me that, I was in a very dark place. So I had I, I was in a relationship for 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 a couple of years and it ended, mm. ended this year. So that's why this year has been quite quite intense. Well, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. That, and that person for me was a very big pillar because she like oh. she knew what I was what I would go through. But obviously not everything, right? But she knew. And she would help me with, like, you know, she'd help me through some episodes. Really, you know, love is really strong. So with my therapist, we were talking about this. And I had told her that my, I think my ideation had gotten to a point where um, now it's it's slightly less. But, you know, like, as I walk in the street, going to work every morning, crossing the road, I'm basically looking. I'm like, hmm, that truck, quick way to go, you know? Something like that. It's just an accident. Nobody would, you know, that way I'm taking the blame away from um, myself in terms of like my family would be like, oh, no, he didn't right. have to do it. Maybe he was killed in this way and stuff like that, you know, something like that. So if I could make a deal with you and somehow have the power so that when you go to bed tonight, you don't wake up and everybody thinks that you died peacefully in your sleep, would you take me up on that deal? Tonight, not tomorrow night, tonight. And it's almost 11 there, right? Yeah. So you're going to bed in the next couple hours, probably? Yeah, yeah. If we could take out the possibility of pain, if we could yeah, take out the yeah. possibility of not completing the act, and if we could take out the judgment or stigma or whatever else people might feel because that's the way you died. If we take all of that away. Do you say, yeah, I'm out? Let's add one more thing to there. Okay. And this one thing would be take out any possibility of reincarnation and you've got a deal. Oh, you don't want any chance that any part of your no. soul comes back as anything? No, I just want to sleep. I just want to be at peace. You're out. You know, and every part of you at for infinity is out. Out. Hmm. Given what you just shared, do you believe in God? I do. Does your God have a name? Yeah, just, just God. Yeah, that's the name. Is your God the kind of God that would be forgiving of this kind of act? Or is your God the kind of God who would not be forgiving? Or perhaps mm. I'm trying to simplify it and it's yeah. neither or both. Hmm. That's a very interesting question. I, I would like to believe that he is the kind that, so I'll, I'll put it this way, I, I was raised to believe he's the kind that is not forgiving of this, right? Right, sure. But I've grown up to, you know, have my own beliefs and stuff like that. And I'd love to believe that he is rational also. So I'd love to say he would understand, but we don't know, but we don't know, right? But I also have questions for him because I'm just, I just want to go there and be like, so... You, yeah. you gave you gave me this life that I did not ask for, and you made it miserable in some form of ways, and you expect me to continue with it in this miserable form or state and not come out this way. You know what I mean? To what end? Because I think I think one of the bigger questions that I've always had is existence. Why? To what end? You know, like to what end do we exist? Why? Where is the end goal? Where is the purpose? Because we all know we're gonna die. It's almost like a, like it's like a cycle. Come, which is why I'm like, I hope there is no reincarnation because I 
cannot do this again because and and obviously like like you said as well that oh if you do like let's say reincarnation you might not know what if there's a slim chance that you might have a little residue something where you actually know like i have done this before you know and it did not go well <laughs> <It works. laughs> yeah but it's just tons of questions basically well i will say this that even though you will choose what you want to choose and do what you want to do certainly from this person without judgment, I will echo what your friend said to you and say that I am glad you are still here. Thank you, man. It means much more than you think. Mr. Francisco in Malawi, not the capital, do you think you'll actually listen to our conversation? I strongly want to. I, I really, because I've enjoyed, I have enjoyed this so much. I'm not afraid to hear myself. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to, to like, hey, want to see i do have a friend of mine who also goes through something similar and i shared it with her and she was going through an episode of, like of her own as well in that moment and she was like it helps a lot wow you know like it came she literally said it came right in the moment because it was also like probably this late or something and i was like hey there is this thing mind you i was also yeah. going through an episode myself but i was like i know this person is also going through it and I think I was listening to 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 one of to one of your episodes, and then that's when I was like, "Oh, yeah, there's this person." And I think what was being explained in there was something similar to what she goes through. So I was like, "This hmm. specific episode," and so I shared it with her. But I was like, "You know what? Listen to that if you can, and go through some of the others as well." And I think she's hooked as well. You make a very good point, though. I ask sort of casually, just share it. Well, there's a reason mm. people don't share it on social mm. media. I get it. Mm. Uh, Mr. Francisco in Malawi, thank you, thank you again, and uh, I shall talk to you soon, sir. Thanks for having me. And I really, really enjoyed this. And I love this conversation. Thank you, Sean. Stay well. Bye. As always, thanks so much for listening and all of your support. Special thanks to Francisco in Malawi, Sub-Saharan Africa. Thank you, Francisco. If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to talk, please reach out. Hello at SuicideNoted.com, on Facebook or Twitter at SuicideNoted. You could also follow a link in the show notes if you'd like to leave us a recorded message or if you'd like to help us out with a financial contribution. We would appreciate that. However you support us, thank you. And that is all for episode number 131. Stay strong. Do the best you can. I'll talk to you soon.